hey, there's a show you might want to know about. Now in its tenth season, Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom is a podcast about tragedy, triumph, unequal justice, and actual innocence. Based on the files of the lawyers who represent them, together with other criminal justice activists and experts, Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom features interviews with men and women who have spent years in prison for crimes they did not commit, some of them having even been sentenced to death. These are their stories. Look for Wrongful Conviction wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, it's Seen on Radio. I'm John Bewin. We are on hiatus, and I'm afraid that this uh, episode does not mark the end of that hiatus. We are between our second and third seasons and will be for another few months. This is a little bonus end-of-year episode, a reposting of a favorite piece from season one. Before we get to it, though, I want to do something I almost never do, and that is to ask for your support. This podcast is made possible by the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University. CDS is a nonprofit education and arts organization affiliated with Duke. But just to be clear, there's not some pot of money from Duke University that pays my salary or allows me to get on a plane occasionally to go record stuff or to hire a freelance producer to make a piece for this show. That's all from CDS. And as you've noticed, we haven't sold ads up to now. If you appreciate what we've been doing on Scene on Radio, maybe in particular our Seeing White series, and would like to contribute to help us keep making the show and the next season of stories, we'd love your help. Please go to our website, sceneonradio.org, click on the support button at the top of the page. I'm grateful for any contribution you're able to make. Thank you. Season three is in the works. Let's just say it will be as relevant, as on point for our time, as the last one. Watch this space. And now, this seasonally themed episode, originally posted two years ago under another name. And a, a kind of audience warning right up front here. How should I say this? I know a lot of people listen to podcasts all alone through earbuds, and if that's what you're doing, that's great. But if you are listening through speakers, uh, say in your car, your kitchen, wherever, and other people can hear, and uh, if those people include any young children, the kind of children who live in Christmas-observing households, and let's say these children still appreciate the magic that is Santa Claus, if you know what I'm saying. Or if you are such a young person and you are looking forward to Santa's visit on his sleigh with his flying reindeer bringing toys made by elves from the North Pole, you may want to save this episode for later. Maybe ask mom and dad when it would be the right time. So here's the scene. September 2006. My kids are in their beds and it's tuck-in time. First, the 10-year-old, my daughter, Harper. The busty will yet let you. Can I have my busty? He's on the hamper, I think. Your busty brown? My busty brown. She wants the big, fat Siamese, so I go get the cat and deliver him. Oh my gosh, what a lug. Now, I never did, and still don't, record my home life routinely. 
but when my kids were small, I would bring home some gear maybe once or twice a year and get them on tape for a few minutes just to capture their voices at different ages. On this occasion, I was trying out a new toy. I'd acquired a microphone accessory for my iPod. Remember those? This was an early model, the blocky white iPod. You could stick a mic attachment into it and record stuff. I tell you this detail partly to explain the funky quality of these recordings, but also because the gadget really sparked what happened next. You see, the mic accessory had a tiny red light on it. I can't, like, keep it moving So next, I walk into my son's room with the iPod in my hand. Lucas is seven at the time, going on eight. I kneel on the floor and lean my elbows on his twin bed like always. He takes one look at the little red light on my recorder and says, And then, without any further prompting, I know that Santa's fake. I know it's you. You change the car, and then you put like an invisible flying thing, and then you get some deer, you put fake horns on them, and then you um, put a light on one end of a nose, and you put a red thing over it, and it looks like a Trudolph. Mm. That's how you do it. <laughs> you and think? You go, but you, have you seen Santa? No. <laughs> have you seen this contraption you're talking about? No. But it's like an invisible flying thing. And you make your the car into... You get like a Santa car kind of thing. And it makes you look like you're flying. And you get some reindeer. No, you get like... Now, up to this moment, as far as I know, Lucas is solidly in the Santa camp, a believer. But you can hear what's happening, right? He suspects that his mother and I are really Santa, but he's not yet entertaining the hopelessly mundane possibility that we just wait until he and his sister are asleep and go put the presents under the tree. He's trying to make sense of how we would pull off the whole flying sleigh business, along with parents across the globe. <laughs> Funny, and then you see like millions of Santas flying through the air. Because I've tr- been trying to figure it out. It's like he he sees you when he's asleep. When you're asleep, he sees you when you're awake. Like you guys do. <laughs> and um, he knows if you're bad or good. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else does? Um, the teachers. <gasps> the teachers are Santa. No, because they don't see you in your like, or sleep. And then you put a, thing, a tape recorder that says, ho, 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 ho. Well, how do the presents get down the chimney of Santa and bring it home? No, you don't get it. You fly over chimneys and you drop the, the present. Who does that? The people in the car. Who is that? Who does it? You guys. You think Mom and I do that? Yeah. Drop it. Oh, we have to be pretty busy. You think we have a, a an invisible flying contraption? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. But I mean, like, 
There is no like flying real rain, flying reindeer. You think? That's just a fib. Maybe it's just a guy in a car that that sneaks inside your house. Well, he gives like presents to a little kid. The little kid climbs through your cat box <laughs> and then puts the presents in, climbs back out. Here, Lucas is referring to a door we had at the back of that house for our cats at the time. Technically, it was a dog door, big enough that he could squeeze through. Well, I would do the job. All right, Lucas, I need to say goodnight to you, son. It's really late. So I escaped that conversation. But of course, it's not the end of the story. Two months later, now it is Christmas season, I'm going to tuck in Lucas again. His mother, my then wife, has tipped me off that she and Lucas just had the talk. Hi, Daddy. So, Luca? Yeah? What did you and Mama talk about? You not being much of Santa and Mommy being more of Santa. Hi, I thought. <laughs> so what did you ask Mommy? Um, I asked her, like, if Santa, if she's Santa, and she asked if I really wanted to know, and I said, yeah. And I almost started to cry when she said, that she was Santa. Really? Well, almost, yeah. Did it make you sad? Kinda. And I was like, surprise. It's hard to believe. <sighs> when I said about the invisible flying thingy, I was just like, kidding. <laughs> but I knew that, I think I kinda knew that you were Santa. But I didn't totally know. Mm. And the one thing, it's like, he's known for being fat, but also sliding down the chimney. (laughs) So it's like you have to have a really thick chimney. Yeah, and also the fire, the fire if he slid down the chimney and then his big booty would get burnt. <laughs> Where did you get the pop gun? Pop gun? The pop gun, yeah, that's when I really believed in Santa. Because oh. it was wood and stuff. He's talking about a little wooden toy he got in his stocking one year. The kind where you pump it to push air through. And a cork on a string pops out yeah, the other end. We talked about it too, didn't we? Because you could really, that's something you could really imagine the elves making, couldn't you? Yeah, because it's made by wood. Last year, remember last year, Mama got that free, um, in some thing at her work, she won a portable DVD player, and we gave, the, we gave that to you guys for Christmas and said it was from Santa. Do you remember what you said about that? Uh-uh. You said something like you looked at it had the whole box and everything, and you said, "How the heck did the elves make that?" Yeah. Seriously. What's sad about it? That 
It's just like all these years, like eight years I've been thinking about Santa being real. Well, maybe not eight, six or something. It's like hard. I don't really get what's said. Was it fun to think that there was a Santa? It's yeah. sort of not so much fun. It's like magic, isn't it? Yeah. But the thing I didn't get was the... He's... He watches you when he's asleep. When you're asleep and awakened. Mm-hmm. And he's always watching you, and that's not true. You're at school, and... Mm-hmm. It's not really possible, is it? How could he do that? And watch all the kids at once, all the kids in the whole world? Yeah, I thought of it as, like, everything being read, and he would sit at, like, a bunch of computers, like, a whole line of red computers, and he would watch them. And then if that kid does something bad, he'd go to the next one. And there'd be like a button, good or bad, and he'd press it. And then he'd like check it off for his list. He'd go to the next one, the next computer, the next computer. It was weird. All right, my son. Sleep on it. Okay. Tomorrow's another day. Kiss daddy. That was cool. Love you, Tens, Bubba. Love you, Tens, too. It's like a whole mystery <laughs> that I've been trying to solve. So, Lucas, how old are you now? 17. I don't tuck him in anymore, but I'm happy to say he still talks to the old man. Just the other night over dinner, he wanted to talk about time. People take time for granted, he said. What is it, really? I said, I have no idea. I do know it flies. Anyway, Lucas's sense of wonder is alive and well. So I guess we didn't kill that off by telling you a fantasy story and then telling you it wasn't true. No. I think maybe that just sparked my imagination more, creating a mystery for me to solve. You think that if you have kids, you'll do the Santa thing with them? Tell them that story? Definitely. For sure. As we repost this episode here at the end of 2017, Lucas is now 19 and off at college studying music. That's his music you're hearing right now. He makes it under the name Sometimes Why. That's S-U-M-T-I-M-E-S. 
and Y is spelled W-H-Y. This track also features Ryan Siegel on saxophone. Ryan's solo is coming up in a few bars. Thanks so much for listening and talking back to us and spreading the word, all the love and support this year. Trust me, we hear you and it means everything. We're on Twitter at SceneOnRadio and on Facebook. The website again is SceneOnRadio.org. Look for that support button if you'd like to make a contribution. This show comes to you from the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University. Thank you.